Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So Pat is back from his wayward trip to the wilds of Minnesota last weekend, where um, the purpose of his trip, from what I read, was canceled? Is that correct? That is correct. It was a little too balmy to go skate on a pond. Hmm. Ooh, hiss. Hmm. And and how was uh? So did you? So what did you do to fill up the time then? Uh, I ended up going to one wild game, which nice arena. Boy, did that game put me to sleep. Mm. Um, questionable choices of in-game sponsorship, Minnesota. Just going to say that. Um, and then one evening we went to uh, University of Minnesota Gophers uh, women's game. Hey. Which, so sold out Friday night game. No, Thursday night game against... Uh, who are they playing? Oh, Nashville. There was more atmosphere and more um, more excitement in the crowd in the first 30 seconds of the women's game than there was the entire wild game. It was awesome. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, me neither. It's a big reason why I prefer college football over the NFL. College sports just tend to be more exciting, have a better atmosphere overall, generally speaking. But I think 4,000 people in a small building, just simple in-game ops. It was just, it was just awesome. Fun pace, good back and forth, a nice little comeback from the visiting team. It just put the NHL show to shame. Mm-hmm. It, it really did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that is so much truer than anybody wants to admit. So, you know, with all the clamoring of best on best coming back, Ugh. it's only look, it can be good. Will it be good? Me? I think the last time I watched an Olympic hockey game was 1998 when the women's the women's teams were allowed to compete at the Olympics for the first time and I think that's pretty much it. I will freely admit <clears throat> I have about a passing interest in the gold medal game. I have about as much interest in the in in Olympic hockey as I do All Star Weekend. It's mm-hmm. it's just there. It's I don't have any investment. I don't care, you know. I'll sure. Hey, wow, look. Okay, I I don't get the ferocity and the fervor behind it. 
I enjoy like upsets in any sport, so that's really all I'm there for. So I'm not even there to watch the game. I just like the fallout from the upset because I think it's hilarious. But otherwise, it's like, eh. The round robin games usually have one or two interesting things worth watching. What's unexpected? What's just what just ends up being fun? It's always rooting for not one of the favorites. Well, it's oh, it's it's generally always Latvia, right? Just because you get behind mm-hmm. their fans because their fans still have a blast, even when they're down like fifteen to nothing against the Swiss or something. That and the Latvians to, are still there partying. That used to be Germany. Although Germany got good, so yeah. Got better. Let's hold off on the good. <laughs> they got better. They got better. They got somewhat better. But, I mean, even, you know, even top tier, the whole best on best thing, just, I don't know. Wow, hey, look, here's all the Swedish players that you see in the NHL playing on the same team. Here's all the Finns on the same team. Here's all the Americans on the same team. You know, the dream lineup. No, it's not my dream lineup. Because they do take the best, and they don't take into consideration how players play together. So it's it's one of those, you have an all-star team, essentially, of the best players for your country, but they don't fit together very well. And it's kind of like they're all playing hard, but it's still somehow mediocre hockey. I don't know. Just call us all killjoys. It's fine. The less we hear about 1980, the better. Oh, Oh, dear God. See, now, the the Four Nations tournament could be interesting, if only because of, you know, people bitching and moaning about who was in and who wasn't. Now, see, I universally am down for the chaos. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a persistent team North America. Mm-hmm. And, and it team needs Europe. to be, and it, it's team some of Europe, yes. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be comprised of the castaways, of the rookies, you know. Like the NHL team, like like the other nations teams shouldn't be allowed to bring a player who is under the age of twenty three. Because those are reserved for for team some of Europe and team North America. Anything like that. Anything that just introduces, you know, puppy dogs off the leash into a field of tennis balls and kittens. You know, just, ah! Mm Anything. Mascots. Country mascots game. Oh. Olympic mascots. Nightmare fuel. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, coming Cassie, back. You you oh. opened the floodgate, and I know you did. I know you did it on purpose. Always. Is that that was the stupidest moronic scheduling I have ever seen in my entire life? You say the entire weekend is for kids. Why is the mascot game starting at 10 p.m. local time? After they've sat around for two and a half hours for the skills thing. Then they got to wait for an ice, a quick ice scrape and clearing up all the cruft and stuff. And then the mascots come out and play for 15 minutes. I don't care about the length of the game. It's 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's a weekend. How many kids do you know have the, the stamina to stay up after, you know, after 8.30 or 9 o'clock on any night? Kids of an age that would enjoy it. Yes. The sub, the sub teenagers, the sub preteens who are too cool for school are not going to hang around to watch the mascot game. Right. And the Even though they the, really want to at heart, they just uh, uh, think they're too old yeah. for it. And... and the parents like me who are completely down for it, I'm not going to, you know, be dragging my seven, eight, nine year old and having him, you know, basically crashing on me. I get the I get they wanted the game on Saturday. Fine. I don't care. Don't put the mascot game before the skills competition. You get more. Or hey, what else happened Thursday? Nah, let them have the draft in the PWHL three on three thing. That's fine. See, what I would have said is the mascot game is the in between. It's the intermission. The buffer. Yeah. Well, they needed to do all of they needed to do the stadium reset and get all the props and all of the stupid stuff they laid out for the draft off. Then do an ice um cleaning. And then, you know, so there's twenty minutes, there's forty minutes, then fifteen minutes of hockey for the kids, you know. Now, put it before the skills competition. That way they get the butts in the seats earlier. The kids have priority. They get to see the stupidness that is the mascot game because it is stupid and it's fun and I'm here for it. No, that's the problem with Olympic hockey. It's not stupid. It isn't. It's way too serious. It's way, way too serious. It is so super serious. It's like their entire national identity is tied up in this one event. Enough about Canada. Yes, please. Enough. (laughs) You know, sometimes I think that the whole push about that, you know, and the, and the pissiness is just because they feel like they need to show something. It's all there for them to demonstrate that they're Canada. We dominate hockey. Both men and women's. I just think back to this article I saw, I don't know, like 10 years ago now, something like that, where it was, it might've been TSN 
I don't know, it's a Canadian sports broadcaster. And there's this article about how Canadian participation in United States college hockey was declining and that needed to be looked into because Canadians needed to be have the most the highest percentage of any nationality in any league in North America, including United States college hockey. And I was just like, seriously? <laughs> this is actually a thing for you people? <laughs> yes. Now I know it is, but it was just I'm, like... I'm, I'm sorry, Cassie. This is your first time understanding the nation of Canada? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, it was just one of those like, okay... That is the epitome of what Canadians think about hockey, like in a nutshell. You know? And that's fine, but you know what? The country is like beautiful, has a ton of natural resources, you know, has all this wild, you know, like untouched wilderness. And why why not stake your identity your national identity on that instead of a sport i don't know just seems a little strange to me well we go over this time and again it's little brother syndrome yeah they feel like they need to be better at the than something at the us mhm yep so um I'll save everyone from the rant about how the all-star game is broken and I don't care and they'll never do anything to fix it, to make it more of an entertaining and stupid event, which it needs to be. They, they still are clinging on to this serious side of it, which I, for the skills competition, it worked a little better, not a lot better. It worked a little better. But everything else is just like, ugh. and the way they tried to protect, okay, you know what? I said I wasn't going to rant and I'm not going to rant. So I'm going <laughs> to shut up now. Ugh. You want to hear need to Stop of- trying. Stop yeah. trying. Go back and listen to past episodes. We've done this bit. Say. Just what they did this weekend was fine. Let's just leave it at that. It's not this isn't going to be some grandiose event that grows the game. It's just fine. It's a one-off thing. Marketers and sponsors get happy. A player or two are having fun. It's fine. How about instead of, instead of trying to do wholesale changes to make it better somehow, make what you have better. I know that this is a controversial, perhaps even outrageous thought, but you don't need to change everything like every four years to make it somehow more palatable or intriguing or interesting. All you have to do is make what you are already doing better. I'm I'm sorry. Little brother syndrome. What? Yeah. (laughs) Um, They sell dip and dots at the Sangha Center in Lowell. Massachusetts. Oh, you saw that too? Yeah. Man. Man. Yeah, if you want to take a road trip, I'll go with you. 
Go watch a little PWHL action. Get some dipping dots. Lowell's only an Which, hour of the for me. So I, while in Minnesota, went out to eat a couple times. Never had to ask to have a game turned on. And lo and behold, the PWHL was just kind of there on my TV screens. It's like when you, you have, have a... a did you Go have ahead. a Juicy Lucy while you were there? I had two. Did you okay. have catfish on a stick while you were there? Absolutely not. Oh, I had, I've had enough catfish for my lifetime as a child. No, thank or you. Or trout. Maybe it's trout. Is it trout on a stick? It's not catfish. No. Okay. Two Juicy Lucys. One from a place someone recommended that was their favorite, and it was fine. And then we went and got the good one. The 59th Street or whatever it is. I always forget which one they consider the good one. We went to five eighths, which was. That's it. Meh. Oh, really? Okay. It was fine. Then we went to this little hole in the wall called Matt's. Which is always the best. Hole in the wall places are always the best. The little grill top, and it's literally like a, you know just an electric griddle that is smaller than a child's desk in elementary school where they do all the cooking for the whole place. It's perfection. Oh, you know, that sucker seasons like no one's business. And- <laughs> oh God. So good. Highly so illegal good. with the, with the heat that it can get to you know? yeah. all of that good stuff. But needless to say, wherever I went, Hey, there was the PWHL. It was just having to be on the TV. And oh, women's college hockey games on TV. It's like when you put local teams on television, people just happen to watch. And they kind of want to go. Yeah. So what would cure, what would make hockey more successful is get it in more colleges and universities. Not going to happen, but that is your key to success. I don't know, man. It's a slow burn, and I say that using it as a pun, potentially because of the Arizona Sun Devils or ASU. You know, that started out of nowhere and kind of grew and grew and grew. And man, did I just make like a little stupid rhyming couplet or what? (laughs) You're a poet and didn't even know it? I didn't want to be let's put it that way mm-hmm. um i didn't realize that todd mcclellan traded away two really good middle six forwards and a second round pick and signed a boat anchor contract and that's the reason his team sucks my cousin todd Not really my cousin Todd, but my cousin Todd. <laughs> way, to, way to scapegoat him, Rob Blake. Mm-hmm. You dropped PLD in his lap and then get mad that he's not able to shake him out of anything to contribute like you want him to. And the rest of the team is kind of in that midseason lull. So good on you, Rob. Yeah, great move. Smart, smart move. You know, I love it when, like, coaches and GMs show their true faces like like that, where 
you know, they seem like the nicest, greatest guys, and then they go and do spiteful and passive-aggressive crap, and you're like, oh, that's who you really are. Got it. I mean, did I'm st- I'm struggling. Uh, I'm not going to relitigate history. Everyone knew it was a bad move when they made it. Everyone saw it was a dumb contract when they signed it. Everyone except the guy that did both those things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just look forward to next season when they're trying to dump him to Montreal and Montreal's like... <laughs> <laughs> Because he'll demand a trade and he'll only go to one of two places, Montreal or New York. No, with him, it's pretty much Montreal. I know, but. And yeah. and the worst part of it is, is I, I was sort of sitting there looking like, okay, if I had to dig out of this, how would I do it? And I honestly thought about the Monaghan deal. Can I get them to take, you know, him and a first and maybe a second, and I'll take back Monaghan. Because where Sean Monaghan's at in his career right now, he would have been perfect on that third-line center for them. Instead, Montreal was able to get a first and a, what, a third for Monaghan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean, is 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 L.A. would have given up Dubois. A player. Dubois and a first. I'm, I'm going to say multiple firsts. Well, I'm uh, Dubois and a first and a second, either the same year or split years. And, you know, pick a player, you know, pick a player in the, in the system to simply just take back Monaghan. Just literally like, please make this contract go away and make this player go away. Now, you know, if Rod Blake really is the petty and spiteful sort, what are the odds that Dubois goes to some podunk backwater hockey team like Arizona? Now, Arizona is interesting. I'm just talking about exposure because, you know. No, no, it's, I, it's about uh, as far away from what Montreal is as you can get. I don't think it's exposure that he's wants, Cassie. Because, you know, he was getting it in Canada. Right. <laughs> and didn't like it. Um, and if he thinks it's bad in Winnipeg, <laughs> um, I don't think I, I it's just that Quebec kid thing. Wants to go home. Well, I have to play for the Canadian. You know, I grew up a Montreal Canadian, you know. It's like Patrick Wall wanted nothing more in his life to play than to play for the Nordiques at some point. And, you know, he kind of did. They just weren't in Quebec when he did it. Missed it by a year and a half. Missed it by that much. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what his mindset is, you know. But... All I know is that was a dumbass move. Dumb move. Because to, to your point, Pat, I think, you know, now what's now what are they going to do with Byfield? You know. Do you really need to ask that question? 
Well, you know, you know what's going to happen with Biden. No, it. No, I don't think we do. We don't. Because who get who gets the job long term? I think dictates. I think he gets traded. <laughs> I think he gets traded. I don't think the the he's going to stick around, and not because they don't want him necessarily, but because you know he's playing well, and he'll be a good uh, good person to trade someone for. So they're going to continue to hang on to PLD and make him a reclamation project while the one player they should be training and gearing up to replace on Zaykopitar, they're going to dump. Right, because that is the way of hockey. It's the way of Rob Blake, that's for damn sure. You You can't admit to your mistakes. You have to actually, like, you know, prove that you're right somehow, even when it turns out horribly wrong. Hmm. It's like um, pretty much every NHL GM does that. So, you know. Or, or you could go to the Jim Rutherford school and sometimes you just, you take the L, you get out of the, the, you get rid of your mistake as fast as you can. And you move on. Yeah, not enough people in hockey do that, though. I can't believe I'm going to say this. How is the old guy in the room just... That's the story? How does the old just guy... Just doing all the rational story? things. <laughs> no, just doing rational things like making player transactions early but adding value to their team before March. Because he doesn't have anything to prove. He doesn't have to, like, you know, do what everyone else is doing. He's not, he he knows who he is. He knows what he wants. He's not afraid to do it, unlike, you know, three quarters of the NHL general managers out there. Oh, the guy who followed the guy who won two cups? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to grade that Lindholm deal. And I think that's because it was actually an even deal. I th- I would say so. Is he likely to stay in Vancouver? I I tend to doubt it. Yeah. See, that's that's the thing is I think mm, it's fifty fifty. It's fifty fifty, but the return while it was a lot. It was a lot it, in volume, but it wasn't in volume like, only. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, oh, my God, they got their number one prospect or something, you know. Mortgage got. the team. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like, okay, here's here's a nice depth center. Makes a lot of sense. Rutherford, oh, he acquired a player he drafted once upon a time, or his team did at least. I don't know. It's just like some teams just want to keep, you know, dropping stuff on their toes. And other teams are just like, oh, we don't have to continually, you know, 
do this to ourselves. Like they got out under uh, from uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, who just wasn't working in Vancouver and who's having a pretty decent season down in Florida now. Just like, wow, we can walk away from our mistakes sometimes. As long as we don't continuously over-evaluate and overvalue everything that we have. Or we can just fix our mistakes instead of pretending they never happened. <laughs> well, sometimes that's walking away from it, Cassie. <laughs> that's true. And, and truly, if that were the way to go, the whole league would have folded decades ago. Oh, dear God, would it have ever? Conformity is a hell of a drug. No kidding. Thought adults were supposed to be immune, more immune to peer pressure, but apparently not. (laughs) All the kids are doing it. Yeah, I I haven't worked in a place yet that didn't have an undercurrent of middle school like immaturity running through it. <laughs> Gossiping, backbiting, backstabbing. <laughs> yeah, people are like, oh, this high school, you just never get out of high school. And I'm like, no, high schoolers have more maturity than this. Yeah, that's... Well, middle school was also back in the 1900s for me, so. Yeah. <laughs> Same. But um, still. So isn't, isn't there like a, uh, I mean, I thought there was, but apparently I'm wrong. Wasn't there supposed to be some kind of like, you couldn't trade during All-Star Weekend thing, or what was that about? No, no, they only do the roster freezes around holidays. Because uh, there was that one year cool. that John Michael Lyles was traded during, like, the Winter Classic or something. Mm-hmm. He switched, like, locker rooms or something? No, he, he got to skate in warm-ups, and then yeah. he had to leave. Oh, right. Um, so no, they tend to only do it around holidays because they want the guys to feel stable in their holiday plans, I guess, mm-hmm. but their vacation plans. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not fair because that's not going to impact their vacation. It's not like they have to go anywhere when they get traded. No, but when they come back, they have to think about where they're moving. Yeah. Well, and oftentimes the teams already, you know, will set that, will help set that up for them during the all-star break. Yeah, that must be nice. You know, it's like every time I've had to move, I've had to do it all on my own, across country, by myself. Well, see, people liked you, Cassie. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can always pay people to like you. Mm Mm-hmm. I would rather be a hermit and have nobody like me. <laughs> Let me work from home. I never have to see my coworkers again. <laughs> Except digitally. 
No, they're fine. Hey. I, I should complain about them. <laughs> hey, uh, Pat. Yeah. You've watched far more PWHL games than I have. Are the ref armbands purple all the time? Yes, they are. And it kind of okay. drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. It does me too, because you can't see it as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, I am so, all for not using orange, doing something a little different. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just sitting here and the arm shot up and I was like, why does the lines person have their arm? Oh, that's the, oh, what the hell? Okay. That's the ref. I don't mind the color. It's the shade. It's the tone that they chose to use. It's a little too muted. It's too dark. Yeah, it, it needs to pop. Pop. And that's what makes orange the perfect color. Yellow. Yellow would do it. They could mm-hmm. go with, they could even get, you know, because there are those sort of fluorescent type purples that would work too. I'm not, you know, to your I point, see. Pat, I'm not, I'm not down with it not being purple. I'm yeah. down with it being lavender. purple. Make it more yeah. visible. Which does remind me, uh, teams wearing purple and yellow in hockey uh, needs to become more standard place. Saw that in person. It was gorgeous. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. So Minnesota played Minnesota State. Oh, okay. The um, University of Washington to get an NCAA team. You'll have another one then. Are they the must? No, I I keep confusing Mustangs or Minnesota State Mink. Mink. Oh, God. I spent way too much time in the air and on pain medication. Uh, Don't hurt your back, folks. Oh, yeah. Please don't do that. God, you're like the fourth person. Yeah, it happens. Uh, I... I don't hate that. No, the uh, Minnesota Mavericks, but just purple, yellow accents, just chef's kiss, wonderful away jerseys. Oh, and the goalie setups were fantastic. Just, Just fantastic. So you're saying the LA Kings ought to go back to that? I mean... Blue and gold, yep. I've been thinking that for years now. But isn't that going to make... Oh, oh, you know what this would help? It would make PLDs play more obvious because it, it just stands... It's it's not muted. It's not black. It's not white. It's There's a little more uh, sharpness to it, so you could just see how meh he is Dude, in those wonderful I hate colors. To, I hate to tell you this. <laughs> it already stands out like a sore thumb. <laughs> You don't really have to look hard for it. Why did that guy make... Oh, it's PLD. I mean, literally, that's that's what you said. What was that guy? Oh, it's PLD. Oh, that was kind of an intro. Okay, that's PLD. <laughs> Where offense goes to die. God. Please save me, you know, and I, I'll just reiterate it again. I don't care. I'm sure he's an unbelievably nice kid. You know, good guy, great person, teammate, all of these things. 
Probably does yeah. everything that's asked of him, but clearly he's being asked to do the wrong things. Uh, just, it's not clicked. And I sat there and watched the first part of the Alexander Day documentary. Mm-hmm. Wait, did, did he produce this documentary? Dag? Yes. Um, I don't think he produced it. Because he does he not work in some sort of film production? I don't remember. I I don't I don't think he was sole. I think he may have been co. I think he may have been a co-producer somewhere in there. Um but it wasn't like he put massive breaks or editing or any of that stuff in there. Like he guided the story, I think, and then let it be what it was. Hmm. Good for him. Because he was, it's fairly critical. You know, when it, when it starts to get into certain areas, it becomes fairly critical of him and they come back to him and he's just like, "Mm, yeah, it's about right. You know, I can say this now in hindsight, you know, um, because he got to a point where he was traded to the Flyers and saw how hard Lindros was working in practice and was like, hmm, yeah, that's not me. So there was some self-actualization throughout it. I mean, even even back then there was some self-actualization, but... You know, when they come out and say that that he's the reason there's, you know, a a rookie salary cap, you know, they call it the Alexander Dagg rule now, you know, because of the rookie salary cap. Because he was the last one to get one of those mega rookie deals. And everyone was, you know, other GMs were like, you know, this is ridiculous. The guy hasn't done anything, hasn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's just getting paid, you know, millions of dollars this season for no reason type thing. So, yep. So there is a few things that, that they sort of say, you know, it's Alex, it's the Alex Dagrel, And, you know, it's a, it was a negative thing that turned into a new rule. So nobody else would make the same mistake type thing. And he's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Saving <laughs> you know? GMs from themselves. One rule at a time. Yeah. Maybe if we just made the GMs do the work. Instead of having 10,000 people working with them. Going back to like simplifying the job a little. You mean instead of being executive vice principal or executive vice principal? No, no. I'm sure that's a new job title coming to one of these guys soon. Mm -hmm. Executive vice principal of player development and general manager. Mm -hmm. And president of hockey operations. I mean, having all three of those things together isn't smart. Kind of like when Mike Milbury tried to be GM and head coach the Islanders. It was bad enough he tried one. Seriously. Oh, God. Now I go back to thinking about that big shot where John Spano tried to buy the Islanders. God. Oh. I did see a picture of him holding a, I think it was a fisherman jersey when he was, yep. quote unquote, running that team. Oh. Yep. 
And if, if if you have, if any of you out there have never watched it, go watch it because it it is just unbelievable. And then he got nailed for fraud again. <laughs> He's ultimate, like, well, I almost got away with it the first time. Might as well try it again. The the ultimate, it never happened to me again. I got caught once. What are the odds of me getting caught again? Yeah. Right? God. Not very bright. Oh, people, I tell you, get us out of here, please. I'm just, you know, it's All Star Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It it's over. It is over. Know? So and, we have the beginning of beginning of the end of the season. And the the uh the one quip I made was that, you know, McDavid McDavid did the McDavid. He set it up to where he would win a million dollars by himself and then let Austin win the million dollars that he has to split with the rest of his team. <laughs> hmm. So, again, he's playing four-dimension chess, right? No, no, I don't need it, man. I won a million dollars all by myself in the, in the competition that I set up for myself. That I put the money towards. <laughs> That I set up all the all the events and did it in such a manner that I'd drag you guys along and let you think you had a chance and then put the event that I knew I was going to crush everyone in at the last. Because you can't tell me, I mean, I will say you can't tell me that when he went through that obstacle course and did it like four and a half seconds faster than everyone else, you were just kind of like, um, I think this is rigged. <laughs> just a little bit. It was Barzell was the only one close to him, right? I think that think that that's where they're going wrong is that the NHL should let all the players rig everything that they can in the um, skills competition. Yeah. And then we can all like sit there and like figure out who did the best rigging of the, of the competition. Yeah. I mean, the only entertaining thing really that was entertaining, but you could kind of see that it was probably a little scripted was when they got to choose the goalie they wanted to go against in the shootout. And William Le- Nylander had the perfect choice, and that's why he won the darn thing. I was kind of surprised he didn't choose Swayman, but whatever. <clears throat> okay, I would lie. There was one other good moment during this whole thing for me, and that's when they were announcing the team's or announcing the players for the skills competition and Pasternak came out after Nylander and Matthews came out and pulled the Bruins logo up and kissed it right in front of those guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm here for the trolling. You heard what, or you read what he said after the uh, um, blue team one, no wait, Matthews team one, what Pasternak said. The, you know, oh yeah! Good that they finally won something in Toronto. Yeah, or or um, this is the first time those guys have won two rounds of anything, right? Or um, the Leafs now need to rebrand themselves to be a blue and yellow team because that clearly worked. Mm-hmm. Don't give, oh dear God, don't give Justin Bieber any more ideas. Ugh. I wonder how many people were bitching about them showing Justin Bieber every five minutes. Uh, they weren't complaining about showing him, but man, my nine-year-old did not like his jacket. 
Although it did look pretty warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a way to garter function and form in a package that's appealing. <laughs> and but you, here's the here's the wonderful thing about it. Justin Bieber does not give a hoot about anything. He was doing what he wanted, when he wanted it, because he could, and he doesn't have any ramifications or repercussions. I mean, let's be honest. He was the guy who had the most fun all weekend. He went out and skated during the warm-up. Oh, no. I think Will Arnett had himself a hoot. But we just didn't get to see it because everyone was too focused on Bieber, which, again, you know, no, nothing, you know, whatever, but not Hmm. my thing. But I don't. Why is he still famous? (laughs) He still puts up. Um, All the old white men have middle school or now high school or young adolescent uh, females in their lives, you know, daughters, nieces, whatever, that loved his music. So okay. something that was popular a decade ago must still be popular. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that was almost an interesting own goal. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, boys and girls, children of all ages, um, don't ever shoot the puck across the front of your net trying to make a pass to the your uh, offside defender. That was very reminiscent of the PW's uh, three on three event. Oh, it went off. It went off a skate. Oh, Oh. okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I retract previous statement. Okay. No, no, Um, you don't retract previous statement. It still is applicable, but it is applicable, but I've, I've amended. (laughs) You have more information. Yes, I do. I was, I was provided with more information and while the statement still stands, your honor, the action in question was not the action that, originally was witnessed by me okay okay i have a i have a question that'll get us off of all-star weekend what trade are we trying to manifest before the trade deadline god damn it the sean monahan one kind of took me out of that i wanted lindholm to buffalo Who do we want to put in Philly? What, this year? Yeah, as the reward. (sighs) Oh, God, now I can't remember. Someone that would have worked well with... Was it Hurdle? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, But his deal sucks too hard. And is for too long. Yeah, that's right. We did go... We did run that down. Okay. And the same thing with Couture. You're just trying to get like Sharks players out of a bad situation there. Well, I'm I'm thinking of Joe Pavelski who's, you know, for the love of God, does that I you know, time is undefeated, but I think Joe Pavelski's winning. Um Cause he's talking, you know, he wants a cup mm-hmm. and you know, Dallas is could make a run. 
and he's talked about staying there, you know, signing, sort of doing the evergreen deals, right? Like just one a year, you know, one year type thing, see how it goes. And as long as he's playing like that, I'd give him one year deals. So there isn't anybody else that we can leverage out of San Jose. There isn't anybody out of Calgary that would help. St. Louis still thinks they have a shot. Arizona's not going to do anything. I I know, Pat. I know. You and I know, but Armstrong doesn't. I think he knows, but... Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. Hockey GMs are fairly delusional. Chicago's already got 90% of their AHL team up and playing because everyone else is hurt. Again, the ship of Theseus. How, how many minor leaguers do you need to call it the minor league team? N plus one of what Chicago currently has. Mm. Nashville's got nothing. Tampa's not going to do anything Florida's not going to do anything. The Caps got nothing. I mean, who's sitting in the wild card races? That's that's those are the play, those are the teams that will be more like LA. Um, it's currently Toronto, Detroit, LA, and St. Louis. Oh. Detroit's not going to do anything. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to give up. They may trade and look to add and, you know, boost their chances. Iserman will trade because he'll think that a trade will push him up over the edge. And, and... Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of who we can siphon off of a team to put in Philly. Uh... You know, give me a, give me a center because I think that's what they want or I think that's what they need is sort of another center to help Couturier. Hmm. That's why I was sort of thinking, you know, Hurdle or or Couture would have been good, but their deals are awful. And Monaghan would have been another target, but he's already gone. You don't pull anybody off of Ottawa. You don't pull any off Montreal because Montreal doesn't have enough centers to field a team. <laughs> Good God, Marie Fleet Plan is fast. Um, okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to think on that one. We'll get back to you next week. Okay. But I think the target team I want to manifest is Philly. I just need to find the player. This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.